Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. I invite you to open your word with me to Galatians 5. Open up or power up. Today we're going to talk about this. If you are a follower of Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, and you live in this country, you have freedoms, you have freedom as a result of being a follower of Christ, spiritual freedom. And you have national freedom as a result of being in this country. I had a great, proud to be an American moment this last week. You see, on Thursday night, our family went to the St. Paul Rodeo. That's a very awkward clap. I want to tell you, we had such a good time at the rodeo, I wore my boots today. So if any calves need roping in the next 25 minutes or so, I'm ready. And by ready, I mean I hope someone else will be available. This proud to, Ameri- proud to be an American moment this proud to be an American moment happens during the opening of the rodeo. They call it the grand entrance or the grand parade. And you have all the men and women who are going to be involved in the rodeo come and do a big lap around the arena. And leading the way is a man on one of these great, muscular, amazing animals on, a, on horseback carrying the American flag. And as the... That's right. I'm going to totally throw the camera guys off, but as the flag would come across the arena on horseback, each section, as the flag would come by, everyone would stand up. Everyone would stand up. Everyone would stand up for the flag as it passed by. And the opening grand parade concluded with a prayer. And over that loudspeaker, the announcer said, in the name of your son, and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Proud to be an American moment. Now, as healthy as patriotism is, it's important that we understand that spiritual freedom and national freedom are not the same. And they're not, they're not equal. Now, now, there are concepts, as we're going to talk about, there are concepts that overlap, but we do not worship a nation. Worship is reserved for God and for God alone. We thank God for the freedoms that we have in this country. We pray for this country. We are, we take, we are grateful. Gratitude is the word I was looking for. We are grateful for the freedoms that men and women have paid the price for that we enjoy in this country. Galatians 5, chapter 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Now, 
Paul writing to the church in Galatia here, he's not talking about national freedoms. He's talking about spiritual freedom in Christ. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. In Christ, we are set free from the captivity of sin. In Christ, we are free from restriction of the Old Testament law. Now, a lot of us didn't grow up with uh, priests or parents trying to urge us to follow the Old Testament law, but understand it this way, before Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross, the path to right standing with God was a sacrificial system, and as, as God's people, you were supposed to do your best to try to live up to a detailed system of laws. Now, the laws were and are good. They're God's laws that shape character and shape morality. Many of the laws are very practical if you read through them. How to live daily life, how to resolve conflict, how to treat others, serve others, raise children, what to eat, when to work, and when to rest. And do you know that the Old Testament law even tells us how to stop the advancement of contagious diseases? Imagine that right there in the Bible. The law develops character, but following the law, following the law that is given to us in the Old Testament, it doesn't make us right with God. The Old Testament is a religious system that depends on obedience with no response from the heart. Thank God. Thank God that there is more to life, so much more to life, and so much more to relationship with our Heavenly Father than just trying to follow a set of rules. If you, ever, if you have ever played a sport or watched a great, great game in person or on television, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, volleyball, any other sport, if we were to say, wow, that was a great game, we would never say, wow, that was a great game. Everybody just did such an amazing job following the rules. At the same time, we need the rules. The rules don't make the game great, but we need the rules. If you have a son or daughter in sports, say you were to bring your little guy for his football game, and the coach greeted you as you arrived for the game, and he said, great news, I've spoken with the other coach, and today we've decided to play the game without any rules. We're gonna let the kids do whatever they want. We're not gonna call any penalties. Unless you have the biggest kid on the team, on the field, you're going to say, thank you, coach. We'll see you next week when the referees come back. The rules don't make the game great, but we want the rules. We need the rules so we have parameters with which to play, to play the game. So there is a relationship between the law and freedom in Christ. Now, in this letter, Paul brings up the question, the same letter, Galatians, Paul brings up the question, why then was the law given? Why do we even have the law? If we have Christ, why was the law given? Here's his answer right out of Galatians 3. I want you to listen here. Listen for the connection between the law and the promise. The law and the promise. Paul writes, the law was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. That's Jesus. 
So we have the law to help us understand what God's standard is and to help us to see how far short we fall of God's standard, to help us realize our need for a Savior. In fact, Paul writes, the Scriptures declare that we are all, all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of, here's this word, freedom. We receive God's promise of freedom only, only by believing in Jesus Christ. The law is alongside the promise to show us what separates us from God. In this way, the law points us toward Jesus Christ. Now, freedom from the law, it doesn't mean that we abandon good character and good morals. We have greater appreciation of freedom as a result of living without it. And while some of us would say we don't know what it's like, we were born in this country, we don't know what it's like to live without national freedom, all of us, we know what it's like to live without spiritual freedom in Christ. Because every one of us has to make this decision for ourselves. You can't be born, you can be born into a family that follows Christ, but you cannot be born into spiritual freedom in the way that you're born into national freedom. You have to each, each of every one of us has to make the decision for ourselves to receive the spiritual freedom that is offered to each and every person. Paul writes for freedom. Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to the yoke of slavery. When I say that phrase, yoke of slavery, some of you have a testimony of what slavery to sin looked like in your life, and you would use the word captivity. You would use uh, analogies like chains, like sin in your life was holding you back from all that God created you to be. And Paul is saying, don't go back to that. Don't go back. Don't return from that which held you captivity in the past. We understand the concept of slavery to self, slavery to our own desires. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Compromising freedom in Christ leads back to slavery of self. Slave to sin, we get this phrase right from Jesus himself. Jesus tells his disciples, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus said that. To sin is to do what is against God, and so often to do what is against God is to place ourselves at the center of everything. I'm going to do what's right for me. I'm going to do what's good for me, what's pleasing for me, what brings me pleasure, what gives me authority, what brings me wealth, even at the expense of hurting others in the process. See, we can become as a slave to self, we can become obedient to the desires of our heart. See, culture says, follow your heart, but God's word says, what about the heart? The heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things. Now, some of us would say we've experienced some emotional or physical pain in our life. And others of us, Many of us, maybe most of us would even say that if we're honest, there's moments where we have made decisions that have inflicted physical or emotional pain on someone else. And whether it was us that we, we were experiencing that pain or whether we were the cause of the pain, either way, if we were to trace it back, it is likely linked to a decision where we put self above others. Galatians 5.13, skip down to verse 13 with me. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But 
through love serve one another. This is so good. This is, I love God's word. God, God through Paul, he tells us, don't use your freedom. See, freedom is not just possessed, like something we have. Freedom is something that's used. You don't only have freedom, you have the power to use your freedom. It sounds a little bit like a responsibility. Maybe some of us would say, I, I'm not sure that I want to use my freedom. I like having freedom. I don't know that I like the responsibility of using freedom, but Paul says, use your freedom. Freedom gives us the privilege to make choices, but not all choices are beneficial. There are many things that we are free to do as Americans, but are damaging in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Peter Marshall, he was a Scottish American pastor of a church in Washington, D.C., and for a time served, served as chaplain of the United States Senate. And he said this, may we think of freedom not as the right to do what we, as we please, but as the opportunity, the opportunity to do what is right. So Paul gives us two different paths here. He says you have an opportunity to use your freedom. He says you can use it for the flesh, which means you can use that freedom. You have the, it's within the scope for you to use that freedom to satisfy your own desires. And some of, some of us might say, well, I gave in to weakness. I was satisfying myself because of uh, weakness. That's where I was going. But it's not always weakness. Some people give in to selfish desires. They give in to selfish desires. And some people run after selfish desires. So we have the, the opportunity to either use our freedom for me or to use our freedom to love one another. The law can be misused and freedom can be misused. If we believe what Paul writes here, that we have a choice in how we use our freedom, then that means that there's, we have the opportunity to misuse our freedom. My friend, Pastor Todd Pope, he posted this. Let's say you destroyed your liver through alcohol use. A family member donates part of their liver to be transplanted in you. The surgery works and your life is saved. What happens in that moment? You have new life, you have new health, you have new opportunities to, you, to, to, to be engaged, to be active if, with the new transplant, a new lease on life. Now, if you were the person making the sacrifice what would you think if the liver recipient returned to drinking alcohol? We'd say that's, you're misusing the freedom that you've been given. You're abusing the freedom that you've been given. Don't go back, Paul says. Don't return to the yoke of slavery. In Christ, you have new life, you have freedom. So the question for you and me to wrestle with, and it's an easy question to ask, it's a harder question to answer, it's a question to wrestle with. How are you and me, how are we going to use our freedom? How are we going to use our freedom? As an American, you have freedoms, and there are some freedoms that we have in America that other countries might say that's an obscure freedom, that's different than, than what we have in our country. Do you know that in the United States of America, you have the freedom to name your child whatever you want? For better or worse, you can name your sons and daughters whatever you want. Do you know that not all countries have this freedom? 
There are countries in the world where you are restricted to a list or to parameters that cover what you can name your own son or daughter. Now, I know some of you are going to want to immediately fact check me on this, so I'm going to list you. These are countries that restrict what you can name your child. New Zealand, Iceland, China, Germany, Spain, Portugal, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Morocco, Japan, and Malaysia. They don't have the same freedom that you do to name your child whatever you want to name your child. We have practical freedoms. You have freedom to run a business, freedom to take a job, freedom to leave a job, freedom to own property, freedom to travel. We have empowering freedoms, freedom to speak and freedom to make our position known, freedom to fight back, freedom to protest if you disagree, freedom to vote. You have freedom to protect yourself. You have freedom to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your property. The Constitution, in laying out our freedoms, also says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. There can be no national religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Congress can make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion, of faith. We have freedom in this country to live out our faith. We have freedom in this country to worship, to gather like we are doing right now. We have freedom to gather in the covering of a church and to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And And when we talk about how we have freedom and we wrestle with the question, how are you going to use your freedom? We have the freedom in this nation to tell others about the hope that we have in Christ. You know, sometimes we hear about how there's nations in the world where it's illegal to be a Christian, and yes, there are some places like that, but more often there are countries in the world where it's not necessarily against the law for you to be a Christian, but it is against the law for you to tell other people about the hope that you have in Christ. We have a freedom in this country to tell other people about the hope that we have in Christ. Do you know we have brothers and sisters, other followers of Christ in the world who are praying for the freedom that we in this country have right now? Paul encourages us, use your freedom through love to serve one another. And when we think about serving one another, there's no greater service that one human can do for another human than to share the hope of Jesus Christ, which provides a hope for the present and a place for eternity in the presence of a loving Heavenly Father. The source for serving is love. Put the needs of others above your own comforts. Galatians 5.14, for the whole law is fulfilled. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Life in Christ, the message of the gospel comes back to, comes back to putting others above yourself because that's what Jesus did. He put the world above himself by giving his life on the cross. So Paul says, Paul writes, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And you're like, hmm, that sounds familiar. Yes, because it appears multiple times in the Bible. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Paul is quoting Jesus who and Jesus is actually quoting the Old Testament. Leviticus 19, love your neighbor as yourself. Because sin is slavery 
in part to our self and selfish desires, and because relationship in Christ sets us free, don't miss this, as a result of freedom in Christ, we are in better position to serve others because the Holy Spirit comes to reside inside of us. And as a follower of Christ with the Spirit living inside of us, we have a new empowerment to see people the way in the way that God sees them. Many of you actually pray, Father, help me to see people the way that God sees them. So this, it leads to this, freedom from sin produces freedom to serve. Freedom from sin produces freedom to serve. So the question we wrestle with, how will you use your freedom? How will you use the freedoms that we have in this country? And how will you use the freedom that you have in Christ? The great opportunity of American freedom is to bring freedom in Christ to someone else. How will you use your freedom? I want to tell you how Brian Craig used his freedom. In the opening video of this message, Vladimir talked about how he was forced to serve in the military of the Soviet Union. Brian Craig, he joined the U.S. Army, and it was a choice that he made out of freedom, not out of force. In the months after 9-11-2001, 27 years old, Staff Sergeant Craig was deployed to Afghanistan. Brian Craig called home to Texas to speak to his dad. Brian's dad, Arthur, is a pastor. So Brian's talking to his dad. And Pastor Craig, dad, says, son, how is your walk with the Lord? How is your walk with the Lord? See, as a, a father who loves Jesus and loved his son, he, he knew that at times Brian struggled in his faith, that he wavered in his faith, that he had fallen kind of off and on in being a follower of Christ. And so Pastor Craig asked his son, Staff Sergeant Craig, how is your walk with the Lord? Before Staff Sergeant Craig could answer his dad's question, there was a disruption in the overseas connection between Afghanistan and Texas and the call dropped. The question was asked, but the line dropped before dad could get an answer. That was the last time that Arthur Craig would speak to his son. In the book, Grace Under Fire, editor Andrew Carroll writes that Staff Sergeant Craig and four other soldiers we're destroying a stash of rockets outside of Kandahar, Afghanistan, when a terrorist standing nearby detonated an explosive. And four out of the five soldiers who were part of that mission were killed. One soldier survived. That soldier, Staff Sergeant Jeff Pugmire, wrote an email to his wife the day after his friends were killed. This is part of that email that he wrote. I have so many feelings welled up inside of me right now. Feelings of anger, hate, sorrow, elation. I am so very angry that they are gone. He continues, I am angry at the Afghan people. 
We did not ask to come here. We did not ask to die here, but our commander in chief asked us because we love our freedom and our country. And think of this next line in the context of someone who lost his friends just one day earlier. We gladly put our lives on the line every single day. So think about this. In the name of freedom, each one of these soldiers, they went, why? Because they were sent. They left home to be in a new place where they would be welcomed by some, but extremely hated by others. And for a greater cause, Staff Sergeant Brian Craig and three fellow soldiers gave their lives. Jesus Christ was sent. Jesus Christ was sent. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Jesus left home. Jesus left heaven to come to a place where he would be welcomed by some and extremely hated by others. Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And for the greatest cause in all of world history, Jesus Christ gave his life. Jesus in his own words said, the father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. Jesus says, I sacrifice it voluntarily. Freedom in the USA and the greater freedom that we have in Christ. Some of us see what's happening in our country and what we know from history is that governments and politics can change. Politicians and authorities, even at times, will come against our national freedoms. But here's what's true. No one can take away the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. No one. No one can make a law to take away the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. You don't need national freedom to have freedom in Christ. There are places in this world where the persecution is harsh, but praise God, the church is rising, even against national prosecution, freedom in Christ is rising. Now, if you're a, a parent here today, mother or father, Maybe your heart would resonate with Pastor Arthur Craig, who had this phone call with his son, and he asks as a believer, what you might say is the most important question a believing dad could ask his son. Son, how is your walk with the Lord? And before an answer could be given, the line disconnects. And then a few days later, you receive that knock on the door that no military family wants to receive. And you find that your son has lost his life in a combat situation. You can imagine the restlessness. What would my son's answer be? 
when he reached that horrific moment, where did he stand with Jesus Christ? And so there, night after night, where was my son with the Lord? A big life question unanswered. That is until about two weeks after Brian Craig died in Afghanistan, a letter arrived in the mailbox. You see, when the line disconnected, it's as if Brian knew how much, how important that question was to his earthly father. He knew how important receiving an answer would be to his dad. So when the phone line disconnected, Brian wrote a good old-fashioned letter, put it in an envelope, and I believe that if you send a letter from a military base anywhere in the world, you pay only the U.S. standard postage rate. So he put that response to the question in an envelope, put a forever stamp on it in Afghanistan, and sent it to his dad. And two weeks after Brian was killed in the line of duty, his parents in Texas received a letter in the mail. Here's a portion of what Brian wrote. I know that you pray for me and I thank you. Just know that God is answering your prayers concerning me. I never thought I could grow in my relationship with God around the people that I work with. I read in one of the books as Christians, we know there is a hole, we just don't know how deep it goes. I want to know how deep it goes. I don't know if I said that right, Dad, but you know what I mean. My life is changing and I like it. I think the, the guys I work with know that I am different. I just pray that I make a difference in their lives. I pray that I am a good example. Pray for me that I may be a good example of a man in Christ. And in that moment, a dad in Texas had an answer to life's biggest question concerning his son. When his son said, I am a man in Christ. Brian, your life is making a difference. Here it is 20 years later, and we're reading your letter in this church. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Use your freedom through love to serve one another. How will we use our freedom? None of us know how much time we have on this planet. In fact, God's word tells us, teaches us to number our days. No one knows how much time we have, so may we use every day that we have to count. How will you use your freedom? Brian, he served. Yes, 
he served his country. He also served the men he served with. He served them in love, desiring that his Christian faith would be something that would be contagious. Not by being perfect, but by being real. By being a man after God's own heart. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ today. With hearts filled with gratitude around the concept of freedom. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to lay down his life for the freedom of humanity, the spiritual freedom of humanity. Father, we thank you for this nation today. We pray that all nations of freedom, that people in those countries would be thanking you for the freedoms that they have to worship you, to gather and to tell others about the hope that they have in Christ. We're grateful, Father, that those privileges, those freedoms have been extended to us and that we never take them for granted. Give us eyes and hearts like those of immigrant families who came here longing for the blessings of freedom in the words of the preamble of the Constitution. Father, forgive us for the times that we have misused or abused our freedom to satisfy what's good for us but hurts others. It's our desire as we look forward, as we move to the future, that we would use our freedom for your purposes, to put others above ourselves in love. We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.